I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, we have had lots of suggestions for chimney fish. I thought it was just, you know, people who... Uh, essentially cooked their fish in a chimney. I thought that was maybe an olden days thing. Uh, Tia in Carrick Cross has a much better idea. She says, "It's is it somebody who smokes and drinks a lot? I'm going with smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish theory. Just to guess. I think that could be right. Jamie thinks it was some tool used by a chimney sweeper. I don't know. That's going to be it. Uh, but yes, loving the suggestions. We are going to have all of this revealed with author Grace Tierney in Word Foolery just after these. 11 to 1. Yes, every month on the show we delve into the fascinating and sometimes downright strange origin stories behind words. And this month we have everything from gallivant to chimney fish up for discussion. Author Grace Tierney from Stamullen is on the line now for more Word Foolery. How are we doing, Grace? I'm doing very well. It's good to talk to you. It's great to have you on. Now, we do have a message coming in on 086-1800-658. Never seen a fish in a chimney yet, says Cahill, the clean sweep. (laughs) (laughs) He's been on already. Now, we are to asking people earlier on this morning, chimney fish, what do we think it is? Lots of hilarious suggestions as usual. Everything from a tool that a a chimney sweep like Cahill might use uh, to, you know, this kind of slagging in terms of, you know, chimneys and drinking and all this kind of stuff. But I don't know if that's right. But we're going to go... Oh, well, I'm not giving any clues until the end. Get clues at the end. Okay, so before all of that, let's start off with a word that I absolutely love. Gallivant. My mother uses this all the time. You're way off gallivanting off everywhere, travelling all around the place. Yeah, people always disapprove of gallivanting. I think yes. it's a great thing. <laughs> It's so unfair. So the definition is quite good. It says it's to visit different places, enjoying yourself and not worrying about other things you should be doing. Yes, I love it. I quite like that. Yes. That's a good definition. I think we all need to do more gallivanting. We do need to Um, do more gallivanting around the place. But it didn't always relate to carefree roaming pleasure. When it originally entered English in the early 1800s, it was actually more romantic than that. It was very much about seeking pleasure with somebody of the opposite sex, uh, flirting or possibly more. And it is unfortunately one of those words that we don't really know the origin with. So occasionally I have to admit that I don't fully know. There are a few educated guesses from various dictionaries. So it could be a playful twist on gallant. To play the gallant with a young lady would be sort of chivalry style flirting. Um, There is a French dialect word which may have played its part in bringing it into English. But the reality is nobody's quite sure. 
However, we do know we know how it became popular. So in the 1800s, there was a British writer called William Makepeace Thackeray, which is a great name. And he used it for any gadding about or flirting activity. And he was also a travel writer as well as a novel writer. So I suspect he quite enjoyed gallivanting as much as we do. Oh, yes. I love this meaning. And I love the idea that it's a romantic liaison kind of, you know, idea for the origin of this. It's going to make me appreciate the word gallivanting a lot more. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, our next one, I think this one has a bit more negative meanings, though, isn't it? Like, foist is our next one. So, like, you, using this in a, in a sentence, my mother-in-law was foisted upon me would be a good use of this <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, my example related to mothers as well. Uh, my mother, like, <laughs> Likes her spring cleaning. She loves to clear everything out every year. I'm amazed she has anything left in her house, but she particularly enjoys fo- foisting old items like a mismatched tea set or an old baking tin that I don't want. <laughs> she will foist upon me. Um, and that is exactly what foisting means. So it's to impose an unwanted person or object upon somebody else. Um, but it actually has a really cool story behind it. So it entered the English dictionary in the mid 1500s from a Dutch word, uh, Um, My Dutch isn't great, but fistian, something like that, meaning to take in hand, which comes from Middle Dutch, fist, which means fist, uh, you know, making a fist with your hand. Mm. So when it arrived, it came in a very particular context and it was about gambling using dice. So card gambling, obviously, but gambling with dice was really popular as well. And the idea was that an unscrupulous player would conceal a loaded dice in the palm of their hand in their fist. And when that die would give them a, a win, they would introduce it surreptitiously into play from their fist, thus tricking their opponents. So ultimately, foisting is all about winning by tricking the opposing player, very like my mother with her spring cleaning. <laughs> I love that. Here's your here's your mismatched tea set. And you kind of, I hate those scenarios because you can't really get out of them at the same time. Brilliant. I've got a whole new love for the word foist. Uh, now, behemoth, not one clue what this one means. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad to hear that because behemoth and leviathan, I'm going to do them both together because they're related kind of cousin words. Um, They are words that you hear occasionally in a phrase or a conversation and you're not really sure what it means or people will use them and they're not actually using them correctly. So it can be kind of fun to play around with people if they're using them, um, if you want to be pedantic about it, which I try to avoid, but it can be a bit of crack now and then. So behemoth, and I had to look up how to pronounce that, um, (laughs) you will find that in the book of Job or Job in uh, the Bible. And it was a name for a massive animal. So I would have guessed that that was like an elephant or maybe a mammoth or something enormous. But actually, uh, scholars reckon it refers to a hippopotamus. Now, hippos, I mean, they're not small, but they're not the biggest thing on the planet either. But they might have been the biggest thing in the context of the world where the Bible was being written. So the other big animal mentioned in the Bible is the Leviathan. And that's always referred to as the Leviathan of the deep. And uh, most scholars reckon that meant a whale or perhaps a giant sea serpent or giant squid. Uh, Now, and if you're talking about a blue whale, fair enough, that's as big as they come. So the next time somebody mentions that they have a behemoth of a task, you can ask them exactly what sort of hippo they're talking about (laughs) and watch them be totally confused. Um, Or if somebody references a leviathan of the deep, then you should really ask them exactly what species of whale they're talking about because the blue whale is big, but then the dwarf sperm whale is actually quite small. So (laughs) basically you can have fun with people on those ones. I love it. And they go hand in hand, which is great. Now, mystery 
mystery. We, we were all bamboozled by your mystery word this week. But tell us, where does the word mystery come from? Well, this week, the word mystery comes thanks to the teen book club in the Academy Bookshop in Southgate, who very kindly asked me along to talk to them a few weeks ago. And I thought I'd pick their brains and ask them to nominate a few words for me to explore in my blog. And the first one on the list was mystery. So I thought I'd share that with your listeners. Um, Mystery, you might think, is to do with, you know, crime fiction and Sherlock Holmes and all that kind of thing. But actually, it has religious roots. So it entered the English dictionary in the early 1300s, quite an old word. Uh, It was originally spelled M-I-S-T-E-R-I-E. But oh. if you use that in your English essay, your teacher is going to give out. So don't <laughs> don't quote me on that one. Um, it was used to describe a religious truth which is revealed by God. And it came to English from Old French and before that from the Romans. So the Romans had borrowed it from the Greeks. So it goes back a few different steps. But they're all things that refer to a secret rite or something which is hidden that only the initiated would know about a mysteria or a mysterian. It might be a sacrificial offering, a particular chant or prayer or procession. In Greek, the word comes back to uh, the verb for closing or shutting, which is related to being mute in English. So they think it might be that they had to close their lips in secrecy, that the priests or initiated couldn't describe the rites or possibly couldn't open their eyes while these things were going on because they were so sacred. Um, and then the religious use in mystery in English comes in with medieval mystery plays or the mysteries of the rosary would be something we might be more familiar yeah. with. But nowadays, it's more about like mystery fiction or detective stories. And of course, mystery words. Yes, of course, mystery words. Now, you better put them out of their misery. Chimney fish, what on earth does this mean? Well, I do love the suggestion of a chimney sweeping tool. I I sort of have a mental image of that now. And maybe they did use, you know, fish on a stick or I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't do that to clean your chimney. (laughs) It's very unfortunate for the fish anyway. Um, But I will have to up my game on the mystery words because one of your listeners got it right. Um, This is allegedly waiter slang and it's for a customer who smokes like a chimney and drinks like a fish. Well done Tia and Carrick McCross. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah, because I have heard that those two separate things, but never together. You're a chimney fish. I'm going to use that now for people. You know what I mean? I'm going to use that as a bit of slang. But now we all know what you see. The waiters won't be able to use it to disparage (laughs) us when we're in the restaurant. (laughs) They won't. They'll have to come up with something else. Because like, yeah, normally like drink like a fish, but you also have lush as well. Like a lush is uh, somebody that drinks a lot as well, don't you? Yeah, Lush actually goes back to a drinking club in the 1700s in London. So oh, wow. <laughs> we can talk about Lush's another day. But, that's uh, uh, that's it's a, got a bit more history. Yes, absolutely. That is a, a word for another day. Grace, as always, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks a million, author Grace Tierney there. Word foolery. There you go. Tia and anyone else who had messaged in about uh, drinks like a, a fish and smokes like a chimney. Absolutely brilliant. You are getting that right. Well done. Uh, author Grace Tierney, as we know, has quite a few books out. Her latest one is Words the Vikings Gave Us. You can find more information on wordfoolery.wordpress.com. 11 to 1. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.